This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey there, welcome to The Tents. I'm your host, Scott Fellman, and it's time for another journey into the world of aquariums from a slightly different perspective. You know, the history of aquarium keeping is this kind of intimate mix of exotic fishes, equally exotic locales, interesting practices, and let's face it, amazing people. If you go back into the long history of our hobby, you're likely to encounter a few names that transcend both time and geography. You know, Axelrod, Bench, Lacorte, Fenner, and this guy from New York via Germany named Paul Hanel. Often called the father of the fancy guppy, Hanel is considered one of the giants of the aquarium hobby, having pioneered the technique and the disciplines which make the fancy guppy one of the world's most popular and beautiful fishes. Hanel and his contemporaries were pioneers, but they were not, you know, scientists in the traditional sense. Rather, hobbyists such as Hanel applied careful observation, discipline, patience, and a healthy dose of common sense into their technique. This is a set of characteristics which has not only distinguished great hobbyists from average hobbyists for generations, it's something that's helped advance the hobby. They shared the knowledge that they learned freely. There were no secrets. In fact, some of my fave quotes from this guppy legend included stuff like, just feed good live food and dried food when you pass your tank from the left and siphon out 10% of the water when you pass from the right. Obviously, it's kind of metaphoric and kind of folksy and fun, but the idea rings clear through all those decades. Feed your fishes well, change the water on a regular basis. In other words, be consistent in both husbandry and maintenance. Observe. And it's really that simple. It's about two key factors in aquarium keeping. This idea of keeping our aquarium water as low in metabolic compounds as possible while simultaneously feeding our fishes with the most nutritious foods possible as often as possible. Funny, guppies and guppy breeders sort of formed a through line in my personal fish keeping pedigree, if you will. For me, growing up in a house full of guppy tanks, my dad was a big fancy guppy fan, the names that came up often were the legendary guppy breeders of the day. Paul Hanel, Alger, Axelrod, all those people. His books were all over my dad's fish library, so it was certainly natural that I'd end up reading them as a, as a kid. And of course, there was the well-worn copy of the William T. Innes classic exotic aquarium fishes, the book that I literally read a thousand times, cover to cover. I memorized every species name, could quote some of the charming passages he wrote about their care and about stuff as esoteric and fish geek precious as his discussions on waking up very early in the morning to net, you know, Daphnia for their, his fishes off of local ponds. I could still quote the passage that was like the mantra for the working fish geek. He said, future generations may smile at our working hours, but this allows the tropical fish enthusiast to be at his salaried position by eight. In other words, you're a hardcore fish geek. You're going to do all that crazy stuff 24-7, and you're going to work around your work schedule. I remember haunting the local pond near my house, collecting fairy shrimp and mosquito larvae, which, you know, endeared my mom 
to the hobby to no end before school, inspired largely by that passage that I read many times over the years. In fact, Inez's book had a great picture of one of my all-time favorite fishes, Cranucus spelurus, the sailfin kerosene, which we've talked about many times over the years here, which I finally acquired you know, several years back after a lifetime of being in the hobby. And it was just like huge event for me. That picture, the, the, the book talked about this fish and it just something about it was so alluring. My copies of, of Inez's book and, and basically all these books are so beaten up that you can barely open them without the pages falling out. I read them over and over and over and over. These books written decades before I was even born and the lessons of people like Hanel, Inez, and Lacorte were still and are still the backbone of my fishy education. And the interesting thing about these old books and much of the advice proffered in them is that they stand the test of time. Most of this stuff is fundamental husbandry and common sense concepts related to the selection, the care, and the breeding of fishes. Sure, some of the names have changed and some things have become more common. Some equipment has obviously evolved. Events like breeding discus, which in Inez's 1939 edition was inserted in the last page of the volume and then it was being hailed as one of the greatest tropical fish you know, achievements in history, which when you think of it in the context of the era was true. And then there was the great Rosario Lacorte, one of my favorite all-time fish hobbyists. His little paperback books really kept me going. He had a book called Enjoy the Tetras, um, and it's pretty much the vector for my lifelong love of these fishes. He bred hundreds of species of fishes, wrote about them tirelessly in books and magazines, and freely shared his trials and tribulations in, you know, grand fish geek style. I recall in I think it was 2011, 2012, I was in the New York area and I was invited to the meet to a meeting of the Long Island Killifish Association, which is kind of a legendary fish club, where he was there. And at the time, I was pretty much at the top of my reef keeping game, you know, as far as fish geeks star wise. I was a featured speaker at all these reef conferences, clubs worldwide and an author in online media, blah, blah, blah. Yet very mindful of my pedigree, I was absolutely like a 13-year-old about to meet her favorite TikTok star when I met Rosario Lacorte. And I remember how excited and, and yeah, nervous I was to meet this legend in the flesh. And you know what? He didn't let me down. He was one of the nicest, most humble fish guys I ever met and took the time to talk with me about who knows what. I think I must have simply repeated. I've read all your books I've, like 20 times. I must have said that 15 times. But he lived up to his legendary status. And of course... No other hobbyist, past or present, has ever had the amazing and complete influence on me that my father did. He literally started with me with a bowl of fishes when I was three, and I haven't looked back since. He passed away a number of years back, but he still influences me every single day. My dad knew something that was pretty remarkable. If you have a passion, share it with your children. Teach them what you know, nurture their dreams, answer their questions, and encourage them in every way possible. Give your son or daughter uh, their first fish bowl, their nano tank, baby guppies, whatever. Allow them to feel that excitement when they add the new tetra. Find that cool angelfish they've been looking for. Pick killie eggs from a spawning mop for the first time or create that perfect aquascape. Embrace their geeky enthusiasm for the hobby. And that's what parents who are fish geeks do. It's what fish geeks who just happen to not be parents do. It's what fish geeks in general do. In every field of endeavor, we have our influencers, our thought leaders, and yeah, our legends. People who, through thought and action, have positively influenced the culture and the technique of what we do. The tropical fish hobby is no different, except that 
at the end of the day, most of the key influencers and even the legends are gracious, humble, and just good old fish geeks like you and me. They have working fish rooms, they spill water on the floor, they make all sorts of mistakes, they kill fishes, and they laugh about it. They all carry with them the knowledge born of effort, enthusiasm, hard work, and patience. There are no real shortcuts in this hobby, no ways to beat the system. Their words and their lessons resonate across time, transcending eras and generations and technology, and they, they ring as true as they did when they were first written or first spoken. Much of it's simple, concise, and easy to accept. How funny that the most simple advice I've ever received has guided my aquatic passions for more than some of the, you know, far more than some of the, the complex directives that I've been given by well-intentioned hobbyists and aquarists over the years. Or, or is it really that funny? I mean, we can all learn from the body of knowledge that accumulates in the decades before we ever had an aquarium. These are ideas, a culture which guides everything we do, sharing our experiences, reaching out to fellow hobbyists, and just talking. It's never been more important than it is now. Keep no secrets. So I guess my one plea to all of you crazy cool fish experts and obsessionistas, whatever you want to call yourself, would be to reach out across the aisle, to poke your head over the fence and share some of your amazing expertise and experience within your little specialty to hobbyists working in different areas. This will ensure not only that your hard-won information and ideas are not confined only to your specific area of obsession, but perhaps it'll foster breakthroughs in other hobby specialty groups. We need to talk more. And some of those breakthroughs just might be the key to long-term well-being of the aquarium hobby as a whole, and to sharing, educating about, propagating, and protecting the fishes and the habitats of the world, which so desperately need our attention. It's what Hanel knew. It's what every hobbyist knows. Stay collaborative, stay open-minded, stay passionate, stay generous, and always stay wet. Until next time, this is Scott Feldman from Tan and Aquatics. Thanks for spending part of your day with me. I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of The Tin.